raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hammer, you're a town of origin, the city of origin. Beach Grove in the news again. Someone was shot in the head at the Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC in uh, your uh, hometown, Beach Grove. And you know what? As much crap as Beach Grove gets for some of the nonsense things, right? Walmart fights and anything you may have seen on the TV show On Patrol Live when they were embedded with the police. You normally don't see people being shot in the head in Beach Grove. There are other issues, but very rarely do you see this type of situation happening in Beach Grove. Well, the guy was a former employee of KFC, the alleged shooter. Yeah, it sounds like one of those textbook disgruntled employee type of things. So just before 8 o'clock, the Beach Grove Police Department arrived on the scene, and they found a man with a gunshot wound to his head. Mm. He was taken to Eskenazi, uh, from what I've been told, serious but stable condition. I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know about modern medicine. He survived a shot to the head. Yeah, and we don't know if the guy that got shot was an employee of KFC or not either. Right. A lot of information still to be released. But what we do know is that the suspect was a 24-year-old former employee who had been fired Tuesday at that KFC. It was earlier that day? So according to the police report, wow, a 24-year-old Roberto Patisse had been fired from the KFC earlier on Tuesday. He was arrested at his home without incident. Police did not say if the man who was shot was an employee of the KFC. But, and this is what's interesting to me, the guy that shot the guy in the head. Allegedly. Allegedly. Preliminary charges of felony aggravated battery and a court hearing has not yet been set. So it feels like there should be some more serious charges. Like attempted murder? (laughs) Right. You shot somebody in the head. So I texted a friend of mine that works in law enforcement, and he's been with the force for a long time. Wishes to not give his name out, but I asked him, hey, why have there not been attempted murder charges filed? I mean, he shot somebody in the head. This is the response I got. Quote, because the prosecutor won't file it. When you see what violent offenders are arrested for, that's not an independent decision from our officers or detectives. That's done in consultation with the prosecutor's office, who decides what charges they will file. Thus, the arresting charge gets a lower bond, according to the bond matrix, that local courts establish with lower bail amounts. So the questions that we should have are for the Marion County prosecutor. Why won't you charge a higher level felony for such a violent crime? It speaks volumes to what really happens here in Marion County. And this is from an officer that's out there all the time, longtime police officer, basically saying there's a chance that somebody shoots somebody in the head 
connects, injures them, and does not get charged with an attempted murder. A pesky bail matrix. Always letting the violent offenders out with lower bail. And again, they could still charge. We haven't yeah. heard the official, you know, and I don't know announcement the, I don't yet. know any of the circumstances around the shooting. I don't know any of the context. All I know is somebody got shot in the head at the KFC in Beach Grove, and the guy, the victim, is in serious but stable condition. I hope he pulls through. Preliminary charge of felony aggravated battery. Well, yeah, but maybe something a little more harsh, considering, you know, he allegedly shot a guy in the head. So what you're saying is this guy that did the shooting could be back out on the streets very soon. Again, we're still waiting for all the information, but yes, the way my source explained it, the prosecutor's office in Marion County, they like to make things very light. And again, that's something we've been talking about for a long time. So while that was happening on the south side, early this morning on the southwest side, like Holton, Kentucky Avenue area near, you know, the southwest side, 4 a.m., an IMPD spokesperson said preliminary information led police to what they believe was a disturbance between two people who knew each other and push came to shove. Another person came in, shots started to be fired, and one person was killed. A teenager taken into custody. Officers say they're not looking for anyone else in connection with this incident, and they've got everybody involved. But again, teenagers, four o'clock in the morning on a freezing ass cold night. Nonsense things going on in the city of Indianapolis. So it sounds like there are some things that our elected officials in this city should be talking about, right? We just elected Joe Hogsett to do another term. I say we, I'm not talking about us specifically, but the city. You know, Ryan Mears won his election two years ago. City, county, council members, they're all in place. They should be talking about the biggest stories in Indianapolis and ways to make this city better. Nigel, I'm going to read you a tweet from yesterday from the official Twitter X account of your city county council. Okay. Time marked at 5.34 p.m. yesterday. Quote, the committee is now hearing proposal number 306, 2023 amends chapters 141 through 431 of the revised code to change the British English counselor spelling to the American English counselor <laughs> wait, wait. spelling. Hold on, hold on. They're cha- they had to, everybody got together to vote on the changing of the spelling of the word counselor? Previously, it was C-O-U-N-C-I-L-L-O-R. But thank God our city county council <laughs> got together. New members, old members. They Democrats an, and Republicans. They put an end to this tyranny. Moving forward, <laughs> counselor will be spelled. C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-R. One L, Nigel. One L. Seems interesting they had to spend any amount of time on something like this. You think they could have just maybe just changed the spelling? I feel safe already. I don't know about you, (laughs) but I'm ready to walk up and down the canal with my Make America Great Again hat on now, thanks to the fine work of the City County Council. (laughs) And if you think I'm making this up, I retweeted this earlier today. So if you go to the Hammer and Nigel Show Twitter account, scroll down a little bit, you will see 
the official account from your city county council. There's actually a couple of them. 535, they tweeted that they have voted to send the proposal to the full council with a do-pass recommendation. Wow. Wiping the sweat off my brow. I was I was worried there for a second that wasn't going to get done, but they took care of things. They got down to business there. How many sleepless nights have you had <laughs> thinking about that second L in counseling? <laughs> like, you know, how many businesses downtown have moved out of the city because of the British spelling of the word counselor? With two L's. Two L's. Changed it from two L's to one L. Not in this country, not in this county, <laughs> according to your fine elected officials. I mean, we're, we're the in, city county council. We're in multiple years now here in the city of 200 plus homicides. I mean, we have a real problem with recruitment in terms of uh, uh, retaining and recruiting good uh, police officers for IMPD. There's people shot and stabbed every day in this city. The numbers show every 39 hours, somebody is shot or stabbed and losing their life, killed every 39 hours in Indianapolis. And instead of trying to come up with ways to make hotspots safer or how do we keep the streets safe, even though we are down 350 plus officers, the city county council gets together and talks about the proper way to spell the word counselor. I'm sure we're going to get it. We know several people on the Indy City County Council. I'm sure we're going to get an explanation about everything, right? Well, I hope so. I'm tired of these sleepless nights, Nigel. (laughs) I'm tired of feeling stress in my life with all those L's in the word counselor. (laughs) If you don't laugh, you'll cry with what's going on right now. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The sun goes down, the stars come out. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. So what are you, you, you have the details in front of you. More lanes have opened up for our uh, Hammer and Nigel Red, White, and Bowl event at uh, Woodland Bowl, presented by Jack Daniels in January? Yes, sir. So the original amount of lanes we were allotted sold out because the Hammer and Nigel listeners are freaking badasses. And this is a fundraising event to help veterans with uh, Veterans Link. You know, part of ticket sales goes to help this program that helps veterans. So we sold it out pretty quickly. And it's a fun event. Three hours of bowling with your price of admission. Uh, A pizza buffet. We have Jack Daniels presenting the event. A bunch of my neighbors bought lanes. Awesome. So it's going to (laughs) be... At least I got a ride home that night. Chris Hammer bought a lane. Like his buddies all bought a lane. So I've got a ride home too. Good for you. So we now... As of this morning, we're told there's an additional five lanes 
Now, you can buy a full lane, which is a team of six. So if you've got a team of six buddies together that either like bowling, want to help veterans, maybe they like the Hammer and Nigel show. This is the perfect gift. You can buy them. Yeah, this would be great. And by the way, this isn't like some some tournament or something. No, you don't have to be good at all. Yeah, it's just three hours of bowling and eating and Jack Daniels and... And I love that spot, by the way, the, the Woodland Bowl, the 96 of Keystone there. Yes. I've had, I've had several birthday parties there for my kids. Oh, they yeah. the laser tag. You bring your kids. And that pizza go. is great. It's incredible. It's my kid's favorite pizza. And if you don't have a team of six together, that's okay. People have asked us, hey, me and my buddy just want to go. Can we just buy tickets or individual tickets? Absolutely. As of this morning, 10 individual tickets were available. And five lanes, teams of six, were available. So, if you want to go to this event, I would highly recommend buying your tickets now because we already sold out. We're trying to get as many lanes added on as we can. I don't know how many more they're going to give us. So, go to the events page at WIBC.com. You can buy your tickets there or just go to our social media. I believe we've got it pinned to the top of our Facebook and our Twitter Hammer and Nigel on social media. Get a team together because when Beer Sample Friday meets Jack Daniels, magic happens, Nigel. My, uh, my wife asked our, our son, he's about to turn 12, you know, are you, you know, do you want to go bowling at the daddy's event that night? And he looked at her and goes, well, can I just go play laser tag? And uh, my wife goes, no. Goes, well, then, no, I'm not going to that. <laughs> so, you, you probably don't want to see Daddy in that position anyway. It, Daddy's going to have a few cocktails. It's going to be an adult night that night. Not saying kids can't come. No, all ages but, are welcome. All ages are welcome. But for as for me and my uh, clan, we are uh, leaving the kids with the grandparents that night. All right. Partying. So, again, get those tickets now. Red, White, and Bowl, presented by Jack Daniels. We're doing our show there that day from 3 until 6, and then the event officially starts at 6 o'clock. It goes till 9 pizza buffet, three hours of bowling. We have a silent auction. We're giving away door prizes. This is going to be a good time. We'll have a lot of cheers, shots maybe being taken. I don't know. Yes. We're going to have a good time. Get your tickets right now. Speaking of which, Allison, give me some booze news. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One One by one. one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. My wife's out of town. Um, she's you know for work and she's emailing me like left and right. What do you want for Christmas? I need links. I'm buying. You know, I'm getting getting all this stuff done. I think I just found my answer. Uh oh. Miller Light is selling a new what they're calling a beer cracker for the beer holiday. Cracker. A beer cracker for the holidays. You know, like the nutcrackers. Oh, like the nutcracker uh, thing. Right. right, right. Okay. You know, the, okay. And there's a theater theatrical production of the nutcracker. It's this you know tall wooden thing that crushes nuts. Right. That, Looks you know, like hollow- a soldier almost. Yes. But it's yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Miller Lite selling the new beer cracker for the holidays. It cracks your beers instead of the nuts. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> the mouth. Okay, so so there's two aspects. I'm looking at it here right now. The mouth on the beer cracker is for bottles. Okay. To you know, to even though middle lights, I think are twist off, but but whatever. 
and then you use the brim of the the hat on the beer cracker to open the cans. Okay. So if you want to be festive around the holidays, some people have the eggnog and the, you know, the Wally World style mug like Clark Griswold have. I want to get the Miller Lite beer cracker. 30 bucks. Where I can use that to crack open a little holiday cheer. I'm good with that. Uh, some more booze news. <laughs> 35-year-old guy in Vietnam had a terrible headache that was lasting for months, and he didn't know why. So he went to the doctors, and the doctor scanned his head, and they found out there were two broken chopsticks shoved up his nose. Oh! He thinks it happened during a drunken, a drunken brawl <laughs> five months ago. The guy, this, this, where was this at? Vietnam. This Vietnamese guy gets in a drunken fight. And then five months later, figures out that somebody shoved chopsticks up his nose? Correct. I, I have nothing to add to that. I've, Has they Have they checked his anus? <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you didn't know something was up your nose, you probably... You better check every orifice on your body. Right. Anywhere there's a hole, you need to have an x-ray machine ready to roll. Last one, doing some booze news. <laughs> A drunk guy's story is going viral because he let somebody use his phone to add themselves to their contacts. You know how you can use that, you know, what's Air it called? Pump. AirDrop. Yeah. Found out later that somebody that he didn't want that was nearby got his contact oh. and tried to cash app himself $3,000 yeah. while he was on a flight. I've turned that function off. In fact, uh, our buddy Spanglish, Jerry Lopez, sent me a sent me a link about that. I've turned that function on my iPhone off. I don't want it to be to be that easy to get my contact information. Yeah, on like phone. I do use it sometimes. You my do? youngest edits the videos that we do for the sports betting stuff, so I'll just airdrop him the videos because sometimes they're too big to text, and he edits it up. But I'm going to have to start yeah. turning that off and only yep. turning it on with that feature because people are creeps. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. I mentioned yesterday that uh, GOP presidential nominee uh, Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, uh, got a big donor uh, endorsement, rather, from, like, you know, the Koch Brothers organization, that network, that grassroots organization, which is a big influx of money for her and how it was kind of a big loss for DeSantis. DeSantis' campaign didn't see this coming. Hammer, we have more good news for Nikki Haley in terms of fundraising. Someone has stepped up to the plate. Someone is helping Nikki Haley with finances in this primary season. Hillary Clinton's star fundraiser, hmm. Democrat and J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon is now fundraising for Nikki Haley. Interesting. So I think we need to have some big boy conversations here. Why is someone who's very blue? hardcore Democrat, Hillary Clinton's homie, deciding to help Nikki Haley in a Republican primary. There's a lot of things that kind of make you wonder about this. Like, do the Democrats feel like if somehow Nikki Haley can get past Donald Trump, whether he gets locked up or maybe she catches lightning in a bottle and captivates America, she becomes the nominee. 
they feel like Joe Biden or literally anybody else could beat Nikki Haley? Is that why? No, she's down like 30 points in South Carolina behind Trump. I, I just don't I, like all you say Republicans. I mean, I think when I look at Nikki Haley, I think establishment. I think Rhino. I don't think there's any. I think Swamp. I, I think somebody that loves a good old fashioned war. Oh, she loves the Ukraine borders. Oh boy, she loves talking about Ukraine, uh, unlimited paychecks for uh, unlimited blank checks for Ukraine. Um, you remember? I I still remember after George Floyd's death, and like the riots that overtook a lot of the cities in 2020. I, I I'll never forget the quote, and it always stuck with me. In order for healing to occur, what happens next must be personal and painful for everyone. Well, no, Nikki, <laughs> it's not. Pers- it ain't personal or painful for me. It ain't personal. It's it's personal and painful for the business owners that were killed in St. Louis. The pawn shot. The guy. The 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 police officer. The former police officer that was shot and killed trying to protect his friends. Oh, uh, Officer Dorn. Shot, officer Dorn. Um, it's personal and painful for um, the business owners and, and minority business owners that were affected by those riots. What, like, what is she talking about? I, I did I'll not kill that. George Floyd. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to so, feel bad yeah, about a lot that. Of, a lot of racial guilt there, and she's she's one of those identity politics Republicans too. Vote for me because I'm a woman. I was the first woman of South Carolina, you know, governor of South Carolina, um, and she's very war hawkish. Oh yeah. And like, I, if her I, and I Bolton just, got in the same room together, they'd make sweet love that would have <laughs> bombs bursting in the air, man. They love a good old-fashioned conflict. So, she checks off um, a lot of identity boxes, not only being a female, but a woman of color, Indian heritage. And I think, yeah, the Democrats love them some good identity politics. Mean, they are the party of identity politics. So, tinfoil stuff aside, right? Tinfoil hat theories to the side. What did Nikki Haley promise she would do for Jamie Dimon? What would she possibly say? in regards to getting all this money that would work good for him. Somebody that hates an R next to anybody's name, what did she say or promise this guy? Because we could have the discussion of, well, maybe the Democrats are doing this because they think they can beat Hillary. They think they can beat Nikki Haley. Fine. But the real reality is, this guy is going to be donating or wants to donate big bucks to Nikki Haley. Why? Why Nikki Haley? What has she promised him in return? So, United Airlines, Nige, they reportedly had to suspend one of their employees because he was praising the Hamas attacks on October 7th. Now, I say suspend because I think that's an important word here. He's not been fired. United Airlines suspended one of their pilots. Oh, it's a pilot. After they found his social media with disturbing comments that he posted calling the Hamas terrorists brave. Yeah. Uh, The pilot praised the terrorist attacks, which killed 1,200 plus people, took around 240 hostages. He called it resistance from brave people. And this has all been posted to multiple sites on social media. The pilot allegedly urged people to, quote, expand their media literacy 
and do their due diligence when it came to judging the actions <laughs> of Hamas terrorists. I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to judge the actions of the Hamas terrorists. I'm really, I'm, I'm fairly confident that the, the heinous acts that I've seen on social media, most of the stuff I've had to turn away from and turn, immediately turn off, I'm allowed to judge that without having to know anything about the background, which goes back 4,000 years, by the way. Yeah, and it's, you know what, you're allowed to say whatever you want in, in, on social media, so it's freedom of speech, not freedom of consequences. I don't want a guy praising the Hamas attacks, flying my plane, or anywhere near the controls of an aircraft. Are you kidding me? Bye. What do you have to do to get fired at United? Like, how egregious does a post have to be for you to be fired? Because, again... You're absolutely right, and I'm glad you brought it up, Nige. There's a difference between freedom of speech and expression, the First Amendment, and losing your job. Nobody's saying this guy should be in jail for his views. The First Amendment protects you from the government. It protects you from being locked up for saying what you think. But you can totally be fired. You can 100% be fired. Like, I've talked about this before. If I were to go on the air and just rip the ownership of this radio station, I'm not going to jail. But there's a good possibility I wouldn't be here tomorrow. Right. There's a big difference there. Yeah. Uh, Chicago's mayor... Brandon Johnson. <laughs> the one guy that's the worst leader than Lori Lightfoot, you mean? I didn't think it was possible. But more, more racist and incompetent than the previous mayor, and they went and elected that guy. He held a press conference and basically blamed all of the problems in Chicago on right-wingers. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos because that's what this that particular party has been about. Right? This is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually an American. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. It's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's mean-spirited. It's an unclean spirit, quite frankly. And so, so I got you. I got you. I just want to make sure that people understand what we're facing. That's why it's so important that the faith community is leaning in in this moment. Ah. Uh. You know, when he says Republicans and white ring extremists, he's also he's saying white people. That's what he really means. Whitey is the problem. Whitey's coming after the uh, minority led uh, Democrat cities that are in the toilet. And that's why that's the real problem here. Assigning blame uh, and, and claiming you're a victim. So, I heard something in there about the Civil War. <laughs> so, if I understand this correctly, the newly elected mayor of Chicago is blaming their failures of crime, education, and safety on some hillbilly in Georgia. <laughs> That's his excuse. Let that sink in for just a little bit. Some mountain man somewhere up in the Smoky Mountains who feels like the South will rise again. It's his fault that Chicago's a hellscape? Okay. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it plays out for you. According to a new poll, Home Alone, the movie Home Alone, 
is America's favorite holiday film oh. to rewatch over and over every Christmas season. We've already uh, watched it once. Um, probably watching it several times again. I think we were supposed to watch Home Alone 2 the other night. It didn't happen. I think we're watching Home Alone this Saturday, I believe. We've got, got a, a planned little out, planned huh? out. So, so this is the one. list. According to this uh, recent poll, Home Alone came in at number one. Very close second, A Christmas Story. Yeah. Number right. three, Charlie Brown's Christmas. And rounding out the top five, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Elf. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where's Christmas Vacation? Coming in at number six. Yeah, no. I'm 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 bumping Charlie Brown or Rudolph for Christmas Vacation. I might even bump Home Alone out of the f- top spot for Christmas Vacation. I think I'm bumping Rudolph. Like that's a pretty solid list. I mean, Ru- are, you, are we talking about the 1950s version? The the right. the, the animated stuff. Right. Stop Where motion. Santa's just a mean, just cantankerous oh, yeah. a hole to Rudolph <laughs> <That's right>. and. <laughs> And everybody's real, you know, they bully Rudolph, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think I'm probably bumping that one out. Uh, Die Hard came in at number 10 on the list. Do you consider Die Hard to be a Christmas Absolutely. movie? Not, not even, a, I mean, this is something we go through every year. Um, and it, my stance has never changed. It's a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. Here's a little Christmas song with some clips from the movie Die Hard. 12 terrorists in Nakatomi Plaza. Been doing this for 11 years. 10 square blocks. Mayday, Mayday, Channel 9. 8 Lincoln 30 to dispatch. The seven members of the new Provo Front. Six armed with automatic weapons. Five imprisoned leaders of Liberté de Québec. Four million dollars. Three down, four to go. Code 2 at Nakatomi Plaza. Let's kill one terrorist for sure, and he claims he's capped <laughs> off two others. Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Christmas. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. It is throw out your leftovers day. Are you still munching on any Thanksgiving leftovers? I think it's cute that you thought I'd have leftovers. <laughs> You and your drugs, Nigel. All right. I'm sorry. Touche. I did not take that into consideration. Uh, All my leftovers are gone, probably. Um, Let's see. What did I have last? Throughout the macaroni and cheese. I finished the macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes, probably. Have you stepped on a scale? How much have you gained? Uh, No, I've lost. Really? Yeah. Because I just got this thing during the week where I eat lunch and then a light dinner, and that's it. So I, I tried to keep the portions uh, relatively small. Now the empty calories provided by libations—that's another story. A little holiday cheer catching sure, up with you, but uh, yeah, no, actually a couple of pounds. So today is throw out your leftovers day. Well, a lot of us did that on Monday because of you know 
I don't know. You get back to a normal schedule. Well, on not Monday. only that, but the food goes bad. It's not good for you. You get sick, right? If you eat any of that stuff today, you're like risking healthy, good health. So, in honor of today being Throw Out Your Leftovers Day, here is a new tribute from Hammer and Nigel Records. And our crew, our writers, were inspired by the band. If you remember the band The Knack back uh, from the late 1970s. Pretty sure the turkey's through. It's turning blue. Don't want to get another case of salmonella. I think the pumpkin pie's okay for one more day. I better eat it now or I'll get salmonella. I thought we ate it up, but it's still there. In the Tupperware and there it's going to stay. Till my mom sees it growing hair. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't want no salmonella. That's all I'm trying to tell you. It's going to be in your head for the rest of the day. So just out of curiosity, I looked up on YouTube the official video from the Knack, my Sharona. How many views do you think it has on YouTube? Now, mind you, they just posted the official video 14 years ago. It feels like the Knack may have been a little late in uploading their music to YouTube. Um, that's, I mean, it's got to be in the millions. Over, under, set at... 13.5 million. Over. Allison, over or under 13.5 million for My yeah, Sharona. I haven't heard the song. I'm going to go You've under. You've never heard My Sharona before? I don't think so. Wow. 20 million views. Hey, all right. Not 20 bad. 20 million views. Um, hey, it's official. The Pacers are hosting the Boston Celtics in that NBA in-season tournament deal. It's going to be Monday down at the Fieldhouse, 730. Uh, game is nationally televised on TNT. Um, the winner goes to the big bracket in Las Vegas, like the final four of the NBA's in-season tournament. So, tough matchup for the Pacers. The last time they played Boston, now granted, Halliburton was out of the lineup and there were other injuries. The Celtics may or may not have been up by 50 at one point. But this is a home game for the Pacers. The last one was on the road. It's the in-season tournament, so let's see if the Pacers can move on to Vegas. Uh, Tickets are available Monday, December 4th, nationally televised game, the Celtics in town, 7.30 tip-off. And Jonathan Taylor, we talked about this yesterday. News was coming out that he had injured his thumb. Yeah, had surgery on it. Gone for at least a couple of games. There's still optimism that he might come back by the end of the year, but it looks like it's going to be Zach Moss 30 for the Indianapolis Colts next couple of weeks. Aaron Rodgers coming off the IR as well, right? (laughs) He says he is. Wow. We'll find out, man. Crazy stuff. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Nigel, Jason Hammer writes over there. Israel says 161 hostages still remain in Hamas. Uh, inside the Gaza Strip. Um, as of earlier today, they released 60 Israeli women and children. 21 people of other nationalities. No word on if more Americans are going to get released. I just really have a... I mean, I have a sinking feeling in my in the pit of my stomach, man, because it's like Hamas holds all the cards here. And is it possible they're going to wind up in an even more powerful position after all is said and done? Because they've stopped the they've stopped the bombing. Uh, you know, they've stopped the shelling of, of Gaza. 
and you know ceasefire pause whatever you want to call it and i just have a feeling man it's 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 not going to turn out well for israel if they if they do stop if they you know concede to a ceasefire and from the people that we've spoken with that are in the know like we've spoken with folks from Breitbart who are embedded over in Israel. Uh, we've spoken with experts who understand exactly what's going on here. The whole point of this ceasefire allows Hamas to get their act together again. Yeah. Because I can't remember exactly who it was, whether if it was Francis Martel or somebody else we had Joel on our Pollack. program, Joel Pollack, that made it clear the bad guys were running out of ammo. They were running on fumes yeah. before this hostage exchange and this ceasefire began. And it's tough to talk about this because when you see the success stories of kids and women being re- reunited with their family, yeah. you get in the feels, and I get that. But, but you that's can't not allow, how you do business. You can't, Israel cannot allow Hamas to exist. They've got to wipe them off the face of the map and you know you have a terrible feeling that you know after all is said and done they're still going to be in somewhat of a position of power and even you know there's going to be billions and billions of dollars sunk into gaza to rebuild after this is all said and done and i'm just wondering who's going to be in charge and it can't be hamas but they have all the they hold all the cards right now and that's the elected party from the palestinians people forget about that because we always hear well the palestinians they're different than hamas okay that's fine but you elected hamas to be your representation uh earlier today senate majority leader chuck schumer he addressed the rise in anti-semitism in the United States on the Senate floor. I come to the floor to speak on a subject of great importance, the rise of anti-Semitism in America. I feel compelled to speak because I'm the highest ranking Jewish elected official in America. In fact, the highest ranking Jewish elected official ever in American history. And I have noticed a significant disparity between how Jewish people regard the rise of anti-Semitism and how many of my non-Jewish friends regard it. To us, the Jewish people, the rise of anti-Semitism is a crisis, a five-alarm fire that must be extinguished. Jewish Americans are feeling singled out, targeted, and isolated in many ways feel alone that is chuck schumer speaking on the senate floor earlier today wow rare voice of reason chuck schumer now everything he said is 100 right i'm not disputing that but i do find it i'm trying to think of the right word because i'm not sure if disingenuous is the right word this is something that's personal that's happening to him and his fellow jewish community members but when it's something that happens to somebody else Chuck Schumer thinks a different way. When conservative Supreme Court justices were having their houses attacked, somebody tried to <laughs> kill Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, sure, yeah. This is what Chuck Schumer had to say when those justices were being attacked. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. 
You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So he's fine to add gas to that fire and fire up that crowd to get them whipped into a frenzy against these Supreme Court justices. But when something is personal and it happens to him, he's got to have this big come to Jesus speech on the floor. Well, I'm sorry if I'm not buying a lot of what Crying Chuck is selling here. Now, speaking of the war in Israel, Nige, I do think there's one thing that could end this whole thing, that could bring the Palestinians, the Israelis together. They could hold hands and sing Kumbaya. The hunger strike from Sex and the City's Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a bunch of celebrities that are doing uh, a hunger strike for the ceasefire for five days, right? So actress Cynthia Nixon began her hunger strike to call for the ceasefire in Gaza. And it's just ridiculous that these spoiled, entitled celebrities really think that the leaders of Hamas and the leaders of the Israeli military are going to get together and go, what are we doing? Cynthia's hungry, guys. Come on, give me a hug, bring it in. Ceasefire. We didn't know that the... Chick from Sex in the City wasn't eating properly. Why is she only doing it for two days instead of five? Well, that's the thing. She's only doing it for two days out of five. That's, that's a, not a hunger strike. Two's enough. That's a diet. Yeah, that's a fast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I just just one side note, little um, suggestion here on people that are wondering, you know, what is going on with with in the Middle East with Israel and uh, Hamas? My dad sent me a, a a podcast, and it's actually a sermon from the guy, the lead pastor at Traders Point. His name's uh, Aaron, and I, I don't go to the church, but my dad goes to the Satellite Church downtown, and, and it's an amazing historical. Uh, perspective on where all this is coming from, like 4,000 years in the making. Uh, remember a couple of weeks ago, we had your buddy that's a Palestinian Christian pastor. Yes. Um, Jerry Shamali. J- Jerry uh, tried to break it down for us in like, you know, kind of five to 10 minutes. And it really, that was a great conversation. This, this kind of kind of opens it up from a bit, you know, you know, <laughs> it goes back to the sons of Abraham 4,000 oh, years ago. Back when Bernie Sanders was a high school senior. <laughs> So, if if you look look just look up Traders Point and um, Israel Hamas and Jesus, I believe is the the, the name of the, the from November nineteenth. Really fascinating historical biblical perspective on how all this got started. It's it's crazy. I almost feel guilty going from that amazing promo about <clears throat> Jesus yes. to this next story. Don't feel guilty. This is but a- Allison. I need some legal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Why would you feel guilty? A 32-year-old man in Evansville was caught trying to hide a handgun inside his anus. No! Now I see. (laughs) A little Indiana legal stuff here. Oh, my goodness. An ex-con with a lengthy rap sheet who is prohibited from carrying a handgun had a Smith & Wesson pistol stashed in his rectum when he was booked into jail. River. (laughs) He's old fist, Doc. 32-year-old Christopher Boyd was a passenger in a vehicle pulled over around 2 a.m. for a license plate issue. There was like an obstructed license plate. The driver and a second passenger were eventually released after being searched by the Evansville Police Department. 
before being placed in the cruiser. Boyd was searched, and he claimed he was unable to spread his legs because he had a spine injury. (laughs) Upon arriving at the county jail, Boyd, and this is in the police report, was now walking with a severe limp and appeared to be clenching his butt cheeks when he walked, was placed through a body scanner, and they detected, detected a couple different things. There was a large object taped to his groin area. Mm. They found two plastic bags containing marijuana, quote, tucked next to his scrotum. Mm. Police then <laughs> sought to remove an unknown item from Boyd's rectum. Boyd got- continued to clench his buttocks. A police officer said, we were able to see that he had something oh. in his rectum, and it turns out it was a Smith & Wesson. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? <laughs> Breathe easy. Uh, you using the whole fist, Doc? He was charged with an assortment of felony drug and gun <laughs> trafficking charges. He was booked into the Vanderburg County Jail, yeah. where he's being held without bond. Wow. That takes some uh, work. That takes some practice. It takes some stretching. Yes. It takes some um, manipulation down there to get a, an entire gun up there, right? Right. And it's, you want to be careful because you don't want to get the gun in your anus anywhere near the drugs near your taint. Or you don't want to actually, you don't want the gun to go off. Right. If it's loaded. Yeah, I don't know if it was loaded or not. Who was the poor bastard in the correctional facility that was tasked with removing that item? A fresh graduate yeah. of the academy. I yeah. guarantee you that wasn't a seasoned get, veteran. Get Johnson in here. Get the rookie in here. Come on, Greenhorn. Get that rubber glove on. You know what to do. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? I run a few different stories your direction. You break down all the information. You weigh out the pros and the cons. You give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? A woman revealed the disgusting reason she dumped her latest boyfriend. She discovered he only changed his sheets twice a year. (laughs) Now, information from early 2023 shows almost half of single men admit they wait up to four months (laughs) before they wash their bed sheets. Is this anything? Yeah, that's disgusting. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was the cleanest single guy in my 20s, but if for no other reason, I would change my sheets depending on who I was dating from week to week. <laughs> you know, right? like, I don't want to leave behind uh, you know, a smell or an aroma or perfume of somebody different. That, right. Does that make sense? You I'm don't like, want I'm the new skank to... smelling the old skank. <laughs> I, was I get to, it. I was trying to tiptoe around that a little bit. I was trying to be a little more delicate. Right. I'm trying not trying to brag here or anything, but no, I would often wash my sheets just so... So it wasn't anything uh, because of you or your hygiene. You just didn't want your next love conquest <laughs> to smell the previous young lady that had been over is, for a What is all this glitter over here? Ew. <laughs> so, yeah. I can understand this woman, you know, that's dirty. Changing her sheets. How often do the, the Hammer household change their their master bed? I mean, Probably once a month. Like oh, once wow. a month. Okay. I think we're probably once every two to three weeks. 
So, well, three weeks. So, yeah, a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the woman, by the way, here she is. She actually came up with a very special holiday song for for guys that that do this. Here you go, the Carol of Smells. How they smell, sheep sure do smell. You are a freak, man. Do they reek? Boy, do they stink? Throw them in the sink. Smells like a John. Girlfriend is gone. Oh, how they smell, sheep sure do smell. Makes me want to throw up. Now, go to the Carol of Smells. Not the Carol of the Bells, right, yes. but the Carol of the yeah. Smells. I, I'd say, I'd say she made the right. I mean, twice a year. That's pretty extreme. That's dirty. One of my favorite things to do on this program is to look over and just see the look of disgust <laughs> on Allison's face. Like, she questions every life decision she's ever made, like when we start talking about things like this. And she, bless her heart, she sits there, she just shakes her head, but you could tell she's judging us every single way now until Sunday. I guarantee Allison doesn't do as much face palming during the Home and Garden show on Saturdays as she does with you and I. No on way. Any given day. Yeah, it's a different kind of face palming. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, thank you for putting up with us. Alex. Yes, this, we uh, love you. We, thank we you. love you. Is this anything? A New Hampshire trash transfer station has now found three lost wedding rings oh. that were accidentally thrown away in the last two years. Wow. Here is the director of public works talking about the most recent one that they found, and they were able to get it back to the owner. I know this seems to be continuously happening, so it it is getting a little crazy. So I knew where the first scoop went. I knew exactly where on the floor it was. I don't know. it's, It's a lot of stuff to go through. It's like trying to find... In a pile of leaves, one specific leaf. I mean, because everything looks the same. I grabbed the ring, brought it up, cleaned it off for her, called her up. She was heartbroken on Wednesday, more than ecstatic on Friday. Had they been 15 minutes earlier, it would have already gone to the incinerator. You know how you don't lose a wedding ring? How's that? Don't wear it. Keep it in the drawer. That's what I do. Your wife good with you not wearing a wedding ring all the I, time? Here's my hot take. I don't wear a wedding ring most of the time. Unless I'm going out with friends, buddies, I'll put on my wedding ring. Uh, if I'm going to, you know, if her and I are going out on a date or something, I'll put it on, which really doesn't, you know. So at a night with WIBC, yes. if somebody who doesn't follow our show closely enough, they might have seen you without a wedding ring and thought, I'm going to seduce that fat <laughs> ass. <laughs> no, I wore my wedding ring on a night with WIBC. Okay. I think. I just, I don't like jewelry. I barely like wearing a watch. I barely, uh, you know, I have a couple watches that uh, that I don't wear, and I can't stand wearing jewelry. I just, I, I can't do it. It just feels leaky on my- Does your wife wear hers? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. She, so she wears she hers. damn well better. <laughs> but when you're going out to uh, have some drinks at the Friendly and hanging out with uh, God knows whoever, it's almost like single Nige's back. No, no, no. I think she knows that era- I, I, in other words, I, I don't have a shot. Right. Does that make sense? Like, Frank the Tank is dead now. Yeah, right. We don't want him coming back. I don't, I, don't do have to, I don't have to worry. In other words, she doesn't have to worry about me being quote unquote hit on anymore <laughs> at this stage of my life. Hell, she's almost like, if you think you can do better, <laughs> be my guest. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in, Hammer. Let's check in with America's discussion about COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. There are three vaccines. Maybe there's none. I don't China know. Maybe there's more. Now you've made the cough. We I got it. Nervous. Go ahead. Do it. Of COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, beautiful. So yesterday, we had the story about how the Chinese government, they're trying to scare the bejesus out of everybody, put the fear of God into everybody, bringing masking back as this new COVID variant is allegedly causing respiratory issues in people in China. I don't even think it's a COVID variant. I think it's just like flu and RSV and respiratory stuff. And so it is COVID then. Pneumonia. <laughs> flu. Yeah, exactly. Uh And here in the United States, of course, some colleges, they never stopped doing the vaccine requirements. Mandates, yeah. Mandates. And now some very leftist universities are bringing masking back. That's happening here in the United States. Put on your mask. You know who's got thoughts on what's happening with masking and COVID and restrictions? You know who's got a hot take on that, Nigel? Donald Trump. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words. We will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not show shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. That was a video Donald Trump posted on Truth Social earlier today. Well... I mean, good. You know, the thing is, pretty much after 2021, they they keep on trying around this time of year. It's just it's it's RSV, it's pneumonia, it's the flu, and cases spike. I don't even know about COVID. I think we know. I was on a plane recently. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody really cares. I, I don't. I mean, there's certain people that do. Trust me, there's certain lunatics out there. But you know, I was in Florida. I didn't see one mask when I was in Florida. I saw couple, a couple with a mask in a grocery store the other day, and it's the first time I'd seen I mean, anybody with it in a while. Yeah, if I see an elderly guy with a cane walking around with a mask, I'm like, okay. We just know from so many studies, study after study, several studies from multiple studies from the Co- Cochrane Library, uh, the Waterloo 
study, the Danish study, all said masking uh, doesn't work. I mean, the mask mandates in heavily blue states just made no difference whatsoever. It did not curb nor contain the spread of COVID. Unless you have the perfectly fit N95 and you're wearing it properly, no more than two uses, the masking really doesn't do anything that whole time we were sending kids to school and they had these masks on and it was their favorite cartoon character or sports team or whatever it was those little cloth masks theater that's all it was because they weren't effective at all i kind of knew something was up when i went to an event that was outside at a school it was like a football game, a high school football game. This is when they were slowly letting people come back to uh, events. It's a fall football game. I'm outside. It's kind of cold. We had to wear the stupid mask. And I could see my breath coming <laughs> in and out of the mask. And I thought, you know what? If I can see my breath on a cold night out here, and it's clearly coming out of my mouth, maybe it's, this thing isn't effective. It's so funny how Fauci and uh, you know Trump's uh, Surgeon General Jerome Adams, at, at the very beginning, all COVID, now you're an idiot if you wear a mask. Why would you wear a mask? And then a month later, oh, no, we got to wear a mask because it's, you know, following the political narrative. Boy, we've got to make it look like we're doing something. So let's, you know, invoke mask mandate. I swear to God, I saw Jerome Adams down in Florida, by the way. Failed Surgeon General? <laughs> the, the, I swear. It had to have been him. I've recognized him anywhere. He rode past me on a bike. I almost said something to him. Like, just I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mean or anything. I'd just been like, hey, Jerome Adams. What do you think Rob Kendall would have said had he saw failed hey! Surgeon General? <laughs> exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Fauci? She was trying to get everybody to wear like two masks. Boy, that never oh, really yeah. took off. And the uh, the, the um, visor, the glass visor across uh, Lloyd Austin, the uh, Secretary of Defense. Oh my God, the 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 guy, the lead, you know, in charge of our military was not only had a mask, but one of those stupid glass visors across his whole face. Andy Reid had that for the Chiefs, because they made the coaches like wear those things on so the sidelines. Uh, on the subject of Fauci, a U.S. health official working for Dr. Fauci back in the day has raised serious concerns about that Wuhan Institute. Six years ago in 2017, after touring the lab, this employee had some concerns about what was going on in that lab in regards to Ebola, which was the big virus at the time. Oh, yeah. Here's Rich Edison of Fox News, who has acquired some emails from this former employee under Dr. Fauci. U.S. health official touring the lab worked for the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. That's part of the National Institutes of Health, or NIH. In emails obtained by Fox, she wrote to other NIH officials that, during her tour, a technician at the Wuhan lab complained it was illegal to import Ebola to China to study it. The NIH worker then wrote to other department officials, quote, I remember he said that since they don't have the Ebola virus, they had, quote, considered using reverse genetics to create the virus. I was shocked to hear what he said that. I also worry the reaction of people in Washington when they read this. The technician is only a worker, not a decision maker, nor a PI, principal investigator. So how much we should believe what he said. She wrote, if that got out, it would be difficult to get more information about the lab. Two days later, she received the reply, quote, as we discussed, delete that comment. That detail never made it into her official report. Former U.S. officials say this is just one of many concerns about that lab. It's never good when your supervisors that have a lot of power with infectious disease are begging you, delete that. 
Well, they said they weren't begging. They weren't even asking. They were telling. They were demanding. Or it's your ass. So the fair questions that should come from this report are, what did Fauci know and when? You know, it feels like that's an evergreen question. Number two. knew from the beginning. Why was this information covered up? And number three, who stood to benefit? And I think that's the most important question here. Who stood to benefit from all of this cover-up of the Wuhan lab? Was it Fauci? Was it Big Pharma? Was it the Chinese government? Was it the American government? These are the things that I feel like if you just... Let Rand Paul run wild. Let Rand Paul mania run wild. He's looking for a reason to bury Fauci. Yeah, but I mean, we knew from other emails that were uncovered in 2020. For I think BuzzFeed, of all places, got a hold of a bunch of, of Fauci emails from 2020, where Fauci purposely pushed the narrative that COVID virus, that COVID came from a wet market in China, when emails clearly indicate otherwise. I mean, there's emails... Uh, the big bombshell in those emails, looking through all that stuff, was that the, you know, Eco Health Alliance. That's the that's the uh, firm that took grant money from Fauci and the NIH, turned around and gave it to the Wuhan lab for gain of function research, which in turn created the COVID virus. Got I'm not saying it was leaked on purpose, but it got out. Do you imagine? And, and, and Fauci denied this under oath during congressional testimony. And all these emails are already out there. We already know what happened. He, he's a liar and a flip-flopper. And again, nobody hates Dr. Fauci more than Rand Paul. I'm waiting for him to be the one that takes the reins on these new reports of emails that highlight that Fauci's been allowing this kind of nonsense at that Wuhan lab for years, long before COVID, when it was yeah. Ebola, and then into COVID, like yeah. never learned his lesson and continued to do the same crap. Let's do Biden madness. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. So the NBA is having their in-season tournament. The Pacers have a home game Monday against the Celtics. Celtics are pretty good, right? Oh yeah, best team in the Eastern Conference. Okay. And that's who the Pacers have at the Fieldhouse on Monday. So we thought, you know what? If the NBA can have an in-season tournament, we can have an in-season Biden Madness tournament. Love it. So we've taken eight various sound bites: four from Joe Biden, four from Kamala Harris, and it's Biden v. Kamala in this abbreviated tournament. So yesterday, the matchup was between the number three seed and the number six seed. The number three seed in this tournament was Kamala Harris. Her catchphrase, the saying that she uses pretty much every single speech. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been what can be unburdened by what has been what can be okay unburdened by what has been what can be unburdened by what has been i get it we can be unburdened there it is what can be all different speeches mind you by what has been where we can be unburdened by where we have been and unburdened by where we are right now what can be is it over yet unburdened by what has been you know like if i'm going to an eagles concert i'm expecting to hear hotel california 
Correct. If I'm going to a Kamala Harris speech, I'm expecting to hear unburdened by what has been. That's her go-to. That's the thing she gives on every speech. So that was the number three seed in this tournament. The number six seed, it's a newer clip, a very confused Joe Biden not having any idea who LL Cool J is, butchering his name, and then calling him boy. You are the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America. LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, he's got man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been... Good old folksy weight racism there. He knew he made a mistake. He knew he stepped in it when he said boy. Right. I mean, Tried to put a man yeah. in there real quick. Yeah, sorry, pal. So those two went head to head yesterday. I'm calling uh, Kamala. She this was the Kamala was a higher seed, right? Yes. By a score of 55.5% to 44.5%. The winner the number six seed in an upset. Oh, You're wow. the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America. LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that boy's got, he got man's got biceps oh, boy, bigger boy, than my boy. thighs. I think he's been... That boy, I, I mean, man, man, man. Allison, I know you were a little upset at the voting on that one. You were pulling for Kamala. Yeah, was- this was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Fake I just, news. I just love how she. It's like a middle schooler trying to fill an essay. Like it's yeah. it's her catchphrase, and she just sounds so fancy. <laughs> and the amount of times, I mean, the amount of times. So, Joe Biden's folksy racism moves on to the next round. Here is today's matchup, and this is a good one: the number four seed against the number five seed. So, the number four seed, Kamala Harris who is the border czar. That's not a nickname that we've given her. That's what Joe Biden gave his vice president. It's a job title. Right. She is the border czar. In an interview with Lester Holt on MSNBC, here is Kamala Harris defending her lack of trips to the border by telling Lester Holt, well, I've also never been to Europe. Do you have any plans? to visit the border. I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. How do you not understand the point he's making? You're the border czar and you've never been. Uh, I've never been to Europe. What are you talking about? Uh, wow. So that is the number four seed. Taking on the number five seed. And again, this is a newer Joe Biden clip. The press conference that he had in Vietnam, where he might have been at his lowest energy ever. At one point, he just says, screw it. And he tells everybody, I'm going to go to bed. And he has this really weird open mouth stare into the crowd. (laughs) He may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. He just stands there with his mouth open. Like, I'm surprised a fly didn't fly in there. Went from Pence's head into Joe's mouth. Oh, wow. Where can we vote? At Hammer and Nigel on Twitter. The poll is up right now. Which one do you want to advance? I've never been to Europe, or I'm going to go to bed. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Hammer, take a wild guess. We'll both guess, because I, I honestly don't know the answer to this. How much it's shaping up to cost the United States to take care of the illegal border crossers this year? I mean, just a wild guess off the top of your head. It's got to be in the billions. I would say multiple billions of dollars. Over or under five? Over. I would say over $5 billion. Here is the answer in Fox Business reporter Madison Allworth. We have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known godaways. I'd say we were a little short there on our estimate. $451 billion? I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know why I thought. Wow. Okay. Well, you've I mean, got to play you know, that again. I want to make sure I heard that right. We have new numbers. A new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is four hundred fifty-one billion dollars. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known Godaways. So we're creeping up here with Joe Biden in office four years. I mean, that's like uh, over a trillion dollars. I mean, that's an amazing. Astounding, astonishing number. And it's money we don't have, to be honest with you. The real reality is we don't have it, but we're printing it off. And again, I know this is a pipe dream, and we say this all the time, and nothing will ever change. But could you just imagine if that money right there, that $451 billion, or even just a fraction of that, sure. was used for the American people? Like if you took that money and built. You know, homeless centers in the major cities across this country, like rehab centers, mental health facilities, activity centers in some of these problem crime areas. Facilities for uh, homeless veterans. Right. Uh, more jails. Imagine if you used that money for any one of these projects, how better off things would be. But instead, $451 billion for folks crossing illegally, taking care of them. And hell, some of them are probably planning harm oh, yeah. on us. Sure. And don't forget about more money. I mean, on top of money for Ukraine. Right. It's printed money at this point. But again, just sit back and close your eyes and imagine what this country could do if we said, all right, you've got $451 billion to play with. Build some rehab centers, build sure. some homeless facilities, yeah. help out the vets, build more jails. Imagine what we could do with that money. That's Inf- insane. Infrastructure, roads, bridges, tunnels. Right. Scholarship programs, something. 
Um, so yesterday, the report came out that the House Oversight Committee might be bringing in Hunter Biden to speak to them. And then there was a little back and forth, right? Yeah, well, Hunter said, yeah, okay, I'll come in right. if we do it publicly. Right. But Comer wants it to be a two-part process. James Comer, the head of the Oversight Committee, he wants Hunter Biden to do a closed-door deposition first, and then after that, they could do something publicly, just to see if the stories kind of match up. Now, Comer spoke a little bit earlier today. He said that if it's closed door, they're going to release the transcript of Hunter's deposition, because that's how the Democrats did investigations. And then he spoke a little bit more. Our investigation has revealed how Joe Biden knew of, participated in, and benefited from his family cashing in on the Biden name around the world. First, President Biden told the American people he never spoke to his son about his family's business dealings. That was a lie. President Biden spoke by phone, attended dinners, had coffee with his son's foreign business associates. These individuals include Russian and Kazakhstan oligarchs, a Burisma executive, and a Chinese national who funneled millions to his son. President Biden claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties as vice president and his family. But there was no such wall. The door was wide open to his family's influence peddling schemes. But Joe Biden allowed his son to catch a ride on Air Force Two at least a dozen times to sell the Biden brand around the world. The National Archives has also identified the office of vice president emailed with the Biden family and their businesses over 29 thousand times. Whoa. However, the White House is withholding these emails from Congress in addition to the 82,000 pages of pseudonym emails. 82,000 pages. So Comer today, speaking up there with other oversight committee members, Jim Jordan's there, they're laying out why they're doing this and then ultimately what the next steps should be. President Biden claimed his family didn't receive money from China, but we all know they did. President Biden's son, brother, sister-in-law, and daughter-in-law collectively received millions from CCP-linked entities. We've also revealed how Joe Biden received $40,000 in laundered China money in the form of a personal check from his sister-in-law. Financial records, emails, text messages, and witness testimony reveal that the Biden family enterprise is centered on Joe Biden's political career and connections. Joe Biden knew about, participated, and benefited from these schemes. This is a national security threat at the highest level of government, and Americans demand accountability for the Biden corruption. Okay. And again, this isn't about Hunter. It's Hunter's not. making the headlines, right? But Hunter is the key to Joe. I mean, making the case against Hunter Biden, all roads lead through. I mean, Hunter Biden was a conduit to Joe Biden. Right. And through all these other business practices. So I'm saying stop with the Mickey Mouse stuff. Stop with saying we've got to go behind closed doors first and interview Hunter Biden before we do it publicly. I don't care how you do it. I mean, maybe there's a legal precedent that they have to go through. I don't care what the Democrats did before. You wanted Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden said he'd come testify. Sit him down and grill the hell out of him. Quit, quit messing around. It kind of looks cowardly for the Republicans to say, well, we want to talk to him behind closed doors first. I, I don't know. I, get him out there. I think they want to do both, and, and I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. 
But isn't it a little concerning, though, that Hunter was so eager, eager and so excited yeah. to go out there and do it publicly first? Like, what's he planning? Is he trying to make this a circus? If you sit him down first and get him on the, the record and you write things down, then you can compare and contrast. I kind of get it. We want to see the fireworks, but I understand where they're coming from. So, are you familiar with Forbes magazine, Nige? Well, yeah, it's like a financial um, right publica- publication, sure. Yeah. They talk about finances yeah. and rich people stuff and all the things. <laughs> so, Forbes magazine has released their annual 30 under 30 list. It's the 30 most influential people in various fields under the age of 30. And on their list this year... Dylan Mulvaney. Come on, really? The same Dylan Mulvaney whose partnership with Bud Light has made that brand basically a laughing stock and cost people their jobs. Dylan Mulvaney is the the guy that pretends to be a little girl, right? And Bud Light did like some sort of viral marketing campaign with him. Right. And they've never recovered from it. Bud Light is now trying to work with the UFC and <laughs> yeah, the NFL, NFL. Yeah. like the most manly things possible <laughs> to save the brand and I still don't think it's working. <laughs> the complete opposite of what Dylan Mulvaney is and what his brand is. Sure, he's influential, influential at tanking uh, huge giant corporations. Anheuser Busch has lost over four hundred million dollars oh this year in United States <laughs> sales. Bud Light sales plunged every week from April through the end of the summer, and the most recent third quarter earnings report showed a thirteen point five percent decline in U.S. revenue and seventeen point six decline in sales to retailers because of Dylan Mulvaney. And yet, Forbes magazine says, you yeah. are one of the 30 under 30 this year. Ridiculous. <laughs> are you really okay with me? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty f- I'm far from okay. Whoa. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Uh, I like this first one. Uh, I, I, th- I saw this. I thought I immediately thought about you, Hammer. Uh, a Nebraska couple, Cole and Samantha, they like to hunt together. Very romantic. They were out to get a deer. They see a deer. Cole tells Sam to shoot her shot, and boom, they got the big one. And then Cole shoots his shot. He gets down on one knee next to the dead deer, pulls out a ring, and says, "Quote." We like to hunt, and we like to eat meat. Will you marry me? She says, yes. Are you okay with this? So you're asking me if I'm okay with a guy proposing next to a dead deer carcass. Are you okay with that? Yes, I am 100% okay with this, because this is who these people are. There's nothing I hate more than the big, over-the-top, public proposal, like at a ball game, on the jumbotron, you know, on the basketball court, because all that really 
is saying is, hey, look at us, everybody. Look at me. This is personal. This is something this couple likes to go out and do. So why not say, let's spend the rest of our lives together doing what you love? This is a personal thing. The fact there's a rotting deer carcass next to them is irrelevant. <laughs> they could be out looking for mushrooms or hiking a trail. Yeah, it's something it's... that they're into. So hell yeah, man. I'm all in. It's perfect. How did you wait? Your apology kind of went. I'm, I'm sorry, apology. Your uh, proposal to your wife kind of went sideways, haywire, didn't it? Didn't it kind of so ruin? Long didn't it? before I discovered Diamonds Direct, I had an engagement ring from another company. Okay. And back then, this is when people still had answering machines. And I specifically told them, this is the engagement ring. Please do not leave a message. I'll come in and check on it to see when it's ready. They left a message. <laughs> Mr. Hammer, your big diamond engagement ring is now ready to be picked up. Guess who got the message? Crystal heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what? So what happened then? Were you just like, yeah? So you wanna? <laughs> Did you so then, to... <laughs> every single time we went out to just get something to eat, like if we're going to Applebee's, she thought that was it. If we're going to McDonald's, a Pacers game, she thought that was it. But did she know that you knew that she heard the the message? Like, Not you... until after I had proposed, oh. and then she told me the story, oh. and then she told me why she was so crappy on some of our previous <laughs> dates going out to dinners and things. That is so. Where'd you finally do it at? At home in the okay. living room. Okay. Because yeah, again, you know you don't like the public proposals, right? It's got to be something personal and from the heart. I want it to be in our house. This is where we're starting our life together. It's where we still live. And yeah, she told me afterwards. Oh, by the way, I proposed to uh, Lindsay. She got home from work. She walked into the uh, laundry room, and I had our new puppy, and I was on one knee, and I had you know the puppy in one hand and the ring in the other. She didn't notice the ring. She goes. Did Lola take a leak? <laughs> she thought you she were thought, cleaning up the puppy mess. Down, she thought I was down cleaning up poop. And I go, <laughs> uh, no, and will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't know if I've uh, ever heard that story. Yeah. Uh, Major League Hall of Famer Andre Dawson wants his hat changed on his Hall of Fame plaque. He wants the Expos off his Cooperstown plaque. In exchange for a Cubs hat, you are uh, Mr. Cubby Baseball Hammer. Are you okay with this? Andre Dawson was my favorite player growing up. I mean, he was the MVP for the Cubs, had a cannon for an arm. Uh, That's when people started doing the salute to him out in the outfield, the Hawk. But I'm not okay with this. No, no. Because of Wade Boggs. We can't have nice things. So, Wade Boggs uh, is in the Hall of Fame, spent most of his career with the Red Sox, won a World Series with the Yankees. But toward the end of his career, he went to the Rays. And this is when the Rays had just been granted a team. And like part of the contract they tried to whip up for him was, hey, Wade Boggs, we're going to sign you to this new team, but we want you to wear our hat for your Hall of Fame uh, Cooperstown plaque. We'll pay you for it. So, Wade Boggs was open to it. Hell yeah, just pay me for it. And you can put whatever hat you want on there. Wow. And then Major League Baseball stepped in and said, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. So, because Wade Boggs was basically selling access to the Hall of Fame plaque hat, Major League Baseball picks it now. So, unfortunately, I agree with Major League Baseball. So, wait a minute. So, so the hat 
is whatever team you were last with before you retired. Best known. Uh, best known for? So, Andre right. Dawson, best known for Expos more than I the mean, Cubs? It's really 50 50. Okay. He was a okay. star with the Expos, okay. then went to the Cubs. More people saw him play with the Cubs, but it's kind of 50 50. You mentioned Boston. Our next story leads us here. A homeless man in Boston arrested for a string of incidents of vandalism that included yanking Paul Revere's headstone out of the gravesite. Lawrence Hawkins was also extremely disruptive while in court. Here is his defense attorney talking about what he is trying to accomplish. My goal is to see to it that he gets the help and services he needs to be stabilized and to see if he appreciates the nature of the charges against him, which he does not seem to at this time. Let's just say that trying to interview him is less than fruitful. <laughs> Let's just say trying to interview him is less than fruitful. Are you okay with this, Hammer? That's what people say when they talk to Rob Kendall about <laughs> politics. Uh, try to get him to say something nice. About the Republicans, but it was less than fruitful. Um, you know, I'm okay with this defense attorney because, listen, what's he supposed to do? This is his job, right? Defense attorney is one of those jobs where you know you're going to have some scumbags and you're going to have some weirdos. And I think this guy falls into the weirdo category, uh, trying to remove Paul Revere's headstone out of the gravesite. He didn't try. He did. Yeah. Yeah. There are some weird people that do this with grave sites. Yeah. When I was at Ball State, uh, we would, every year, take a trip up to Fairmont, which is probably about 30 minutes away from Muncie, for the big James Dean Festival. Uh, Madonna famously went there one year. And people like chip away at James Dean's gravesite. Just to get a piece of it and take it home to with To get them? a piece yeah. of it. And like every so often, okay. they have fundraisers to replace the gravesite. It's kind of weird. Who recited these lyrics? Had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey in a quart of beer. That would be those poetic kids from the Beastie Boys. There you go. Impressive. A 12-year-old boy from Michigan was taken into custody after leading police on an hour-long chase in a stolen forklift. <laughs> Here is uh, the police officer talking about the chase. Somebody was driving by one of our schools and noticed a youngster that they thought was trying to steal this piece of equipment. So we sent some units up there to kind of check the area. And uh, sure enough, they saw this big piece of equipment driving on the road. So we were afraid that traffic might actually drive into or to be struck by this very young person driving a vehicle they weren't familiar with. So we were mostly staying with them just to, to keep it illuminated and warn other drivers as well. Are you okay? It seemed like the 12-year-old was very familiar with it. He, he, chased, he was chased for an hour. He drove the thing all over the place. I saw footage of this thing. He could have killed somebody. And that's why I'm not okay with this. You let the kid stay on there for an hour? <laughs> like, what if this were an actual bad guy in a high-speed chase somewhere? This was a kid on a forklift. And I understand you don't want to spin him out or crash or hurt the kid, but can't you just pass him on the forklift and just park in front of him? Well, those, those forklifts I think we had a similar story to this about a guy with a forklift that, that led police on a chase. It's hard to stop those things. They're heavy-duty equipment. Those forks in front of the lift, I mean, those could pierce your car and I mean, potentially kill you. I wonder so, if he was driving with the forks up. Did he know how to use it? I mean, he knew how to drive it, it out clearly. Eventually, figure it out. Yeah, you not just, that you just start complicated. Pull, you just start, I guess you just start pulling levers. You'll figure it out. You're 12 years old. <laughs> a one-hour chase on a forklift. Even OJ and Al Cowlings are like, man, that's impressive. <laughs> 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We'll go to the hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for The Daily Signal and host of the Tony Kinnett cast weeknights here at 7 o'clock on 93 WIBC. Let's, we've been meaning to get to this story all week. We've just had a ton of news during our show, but you've kind of been covering this on Twitter. The poor kid that's been accused of dressing in blackface at the Kansas City Chiefs Las Vegas Raiders game. What do we know about this? This isn't at all what this is made out to be by uh, Deadspin, the reporter from Deadspin who first uh, went to Twitter with this, right? Well, you forget that the reporter's name from Deadspin, he is a grown man whose name is Karen. So, <laughs> already off to a great start. Basically, there's a picture of the kid taken from the side where he's covered in black face paint. Black face paint. He's got a headdress on. And uh, he's wearing a, a Chiefs jersey, which, you know, those are all things that you do at a Chiefs game. Seriously. I mean, it, the colors are black, red, gold, and white. And the Chiefs, I don't know if you know this. I know you guys aren't as Native American culturally as, as I am. But headdress is a Native American. That's kind of a thing. So the right. kid was supporting his team. He flips out. Oh, it's blackface. It's terrible. And then about three and a half seconds later, um, after this grown man went after like a kid, not even a, a not even a teenager yet, um, another photo came out that the kid's actually in half red, half black face paint. So you know, like the majority of people who've ever done face paint at any sporting event ever, the, the team colors, colors right? Team. Like yeah. half and half of the team colors. Yeah, Putty and so Seinfeld uh, for the devil, the devils supporting the team. <laughs> Bingo! So he doubles down. He doubles down, and he said, "Well, that's actually worse because if you're painting your face red too, that's making fun of Native Americans." And he's like, "You guys are the same people that hate Mexicans." but eat tacos and wear sombreros on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, that made no sense. This dude's got a shovel in each hand, and he is just digging. Like, man, his lawyer has to have at least done 10 shots that night. My (laughs) goodness. But that's Deadspin, though. That's a liberal sports rag, and that's all Deadspin is. They used to be relevant maybe 10, 15 years ago, but now they've gone like Keith Olbermann left. Uh, it's it's it was something else. So of course, uh, a friend of mine, um, an investigative reporter who who finds his home more in combat and mob violence than anything else, Julio Rosas, he got online and said, "Look, my fellow, my white people," uh, he, he said, "My fellow, my, my compas," and then he said, "I give you permission to wear sombreros and eat tacos any time <laughs> of the year," which was really funny. So then I got out my tribal card as a federally registered member of the Cherokee tribe. That's right, folks. No yes. Elizabeth Warren here. I gave every 
everyone glorious, free, totally not sarcastic permission. Wear headdresses. Paint your face red. Do a rain dance. I don't care. I, honestly. You know what else? Cleveland Indians. It, you know what else is funny? is they, There's more video footage that's been released. Like the Kansas City Chiefs players, black and white, were like dancing with this kid and making the, the chop motion with yeah, this the kid. They, chop. Yes, they obviously had no problem and thought the kid was in blackface. And now, of course, the dead spin rider, Karan or Karen or whatever his name is, I think he's deleted the tweets altogether. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's- he has to because, I mean, the lawyers have reached out. And after the Nicholas Sandman lawsuit, I mean, my goodness. Oh, yeah. This I guy is set to lose everything that he and his wife's boyfriend can afford. It just nah. floors me, though, <laughs> <laughs> that this is a grown-ass man, Tony, who was triggered and offended by a prepubescent kid wearing face paint at a football game. And not only that, but there's there's evidence now, I guess, his mother's suggesting that he actually comes from a Native American tribe out west. Which is just, <laughs> oh, perfect! It's just icing. <laughs> wow! That's so good! Unbelievable. That's fantastic. Uh, I, oh, I love it, man. I love it. Let's let's stay national here for just a second. Then I want to drill down into um, what's going on here in Indiana with this um, attorney general election coming up with Destiny Wells and Todd Rakita. But who is – tell me who Education Secretary Cardona is. Who is this guy? So, Miguel Cardona is a guy who I guess taught at one point. He is the secretary of the U.S. Department of Education. <laughs> so, he is the guy that decides what the federal standards are for – giving states money for education. This is a guy who should know a lot about learning and education. So he was giving a little lecture to a lot of DOE staff, and he said, look, we like to keep track and like keep tabs on the different state departments. We'll reach out to various governors. And then he says, I think it was Ronald Reagan who said, we're from the government and we're here to help. Wait a minute. And wait, wait. Here, here. <laughs> here, let me, let me play. The, I have the clip, actually. Here's the clip. You know, we're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Ooh, quoting Reagan. <laughs> now, I have the I have the actual Reagan quote, <laughs> Tony. Uh, should I play that? Oh, please. Okay. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> That's a total opposite, and I love it. Not only did he misquote Ronald Reagan, but uh, the, the point is total opposite. Chamber just said, "Who are these?" I mean, Tony, you're in education. Your background's in education. This guy is Biden's education secretary. I, I've heard it said quite often: you have to be highly educated to be that stupid. I mean, really. Uh, I love it, especially because Heritage has actually given me the entire day to come up with and record a video of a bunch of other. Miguel Cardona quotes. So this is from John F. Kennedy. Ask what your country can do for you. Uh, that's that's a few of the ones we're coming up with. So if you got any others, like mishandled quotes, shoot right. them over to me on Twitter. Change a few words around. Well, George Bush, uh, fool me once, you know, right. <laughs> fool me twice. <laughs> I, I won't get fooled again. Mr. Gar- Gorbachev, keep that wall up. <laughs> I regret that I have but one wife. Oh, my goodness. We are speaking with Tony Kennett, investigative reporter with Daily Signal and host of the Tony Kennett cast weeknights here uh, every night at 7 o'clock, 93 WIBC. Okay, let's let's get 
things back to Indiana here. Remind everybody who Destiny Wells is, what her background is, and uh, why she is back in the news again. So Destiny Wells is a Democrat activist in the state of Indiana who ran against Diego Morales, not the most popular candidate that we've ever had for the secretary of state uh, position. And uh, I think, Hammer, you put it, uh, she got her doors blown down by Diego in the last election. Diego Morales beat the hell out of Destiny Wells in the election. And Diego Morales isn't some sort of rock star by any means of the imagination. Imagination, and he beat the hell out of her. Yeah, like a lot of Republicans in the state were not fans of Diego, and she still lost. So now she's back again like Stacey Abrams, and she is going <laughs> to run again, this time against Todd Rakita as the attorney general. And so far... Um, all I have learned about her policies, her procedures, what she plans to do is that she listens to my show every night. So, <laughs> hey, I appreciate having a, a fan on the other side of the aisle. Always good. Maybe she'll learn something. Interesting. Well, does she have a shot? I mean, Todd Rakita has, has some controversy with him. Does she have a shot against uh, running <laughs> against Rakita? No. <laughs> no, she's like a bad infection. She just won't go away, no matter how many times you beat her down. You know, it oh. feels like there's a lot of these folks that just won't go away. Beto O'Rourke, you mentioned Stacey Abrams, and again, Destiny Wells. Now, if she's coming off a series of wins and she's trying to advance her career, okay, right. we've got a ball game. But the three that I just mentioned are the Washington generals of politics. <laughs> they can't get a win to save their ass, but yet none of them go away. I mean, again, you look at you look at Jim Banks, you look at Chuck Goodrich. They follow the same pattern: state rep or, or state senator, then hop over to Congress, then hop up to Senate. It makes sense because you get victories, you go do bigger things. But these these people are trying to fail upward, and they're not even doing it, at least in kind of a respectable way. I feel like there's a big Wheel of Fortune board at Destiny Wells' house, and she's just spinning <laughs> it to see what state office she runs for next. Um, let's end here. Let's uh, we got like uh, three minutes left with Tony Kennett. Your article about uh, how Target is uh, going woke for the holidays again. Ah, I mean, it's it's just heartwarming, isn't it? Like they didn't already lose $14 billion. <laughs> now they hire um, their LGBTQ pride lead, very essential you know, positions in government or, or excuse me, in a corporation, I'm sure you know. Uh, and, and this wacko says he wants to burn traditional Christmas to the ground with Twitter or excuse me, with glitter and hellfire. And then they have a bunch of pride merch coming out because what your Christmas really needed was more gay. And I don't just mean the lyrics in the songs. So, according to Target, the best way to celebrate the birth of sweet baby Jesus is more hell. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, if this is the time of year you would think that a retail corporation would be trying to get as many people to shop there, especially when they're already up against Amazon and Walmart, right. and already starting to lose money. No, they're going to narrow the window even more. I, is this like a race to bankruptcy? It's incredible. Well, that's the thing. Nigel and I talked about this the other day, Tony. Where are the shareholders and the management team of Target? At least, say what you want about Bud Light. They made a horrific mistake in marketing by partnering with Dylan Mulvaney. They still haven't recovered from, but they fired everybody. They're trying to partner with the UFC and the NFL. They're trying to butch it back up to save the brand. 
Target, on the other hand, they like losing money and they continue to do it. Where are the shareholders? Where is the management team here? Well, the, the shareholders are, are quickly dumping their stock in Target, as we've seen. Uh, financial organizations like Edward Jones are no longer recommending that their clients invest in corporations like Target. Uh, I will point out that a lot of their like sponsoring people that sell stuff through Target are letting their contracts kind of run their duration and are already planning not to renew. That's what we're hearing from like a, the Chip and Joanna Gaines collection is probably not going to renew its contract with Target. So I guess at the end of the day, Target's going to be selling popsicle sticks to homeless people because that's all that's going to be left <laughs> what is coming up tonight on the tony kinnett cast at seven o'clock also what are you working on at the daily signal uh, it's a daily signal. Uh, I'm working on an investigation on another state AG that has decided to uh, mishandle their office rather inappropriately. And then uh, coming up tonight on the show, Casey Daniels and I are going to be talking about Christmas decor and the plague of inflatable Santas. Oh, there may or may not be an inflatable snowman on my front porch. Just I like say. inflatables, Dude, and I'm ready problem. to fight you, Tony Kennett. <laughs> I'm ready to walk over to your little private studio in your house and throw down. Well, you got to get in line because that's not the only thing I've this week. On Twitter, at the Tonus, Tony Kennett, have a great show tonight. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. This is actually something that's pretty smart. I saw on social media this employment recruiter post advice, and here are three things to lie about during a job interview. And I think these are the kind of things they need to teach in school. Number one, if you were leaving your job because you really dislike it, because you don't get along with your boss or your colleagues, you're going to lie about this. Please do not tell them that your boss doesn't like you. Don't tell them that everyone's really hard to work with. All they're going to hear when you say that is that you are difficult. Instead, you're going to say something like, things are going great, but I want to take on bigger challenges. The second thing that you're going to lie about is why you want the job. 100% of people who want a job want it for the money and benefits. Instead, you are going to tell them why you're passionate about the company's mission, why this job is your life's work, and you are just such a good fit for the culture at this company. And the third one is your plans for the future. I don't care if you are starting grad school in six months and just need this job as filler, and you are going to jump ship as soon as you find something better. When they ask you about your plans for the next five years, your plans are to be at that company. Come in, knock it out of the park in this role, and continue to grow. As I mean, and this is from an employment recruiter who knows. So these are obviously problems that she's seen. I think that's great advice. I, I don't know. It's not exactly lying. It's just how you're positioning yourself to get the job. This is something that needs to be taught in high school, like in life skills class, if there is such a thing. Right. You don't walk into a job interview and if they ask, why are you leaving? My boss is an a-hole. <laughs> no. That's probably not the answer that you're looking for. And again, if George Costanza has taught me any Thing, it's this valuable lesson. It's not a lie <laughs> if you believe it. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.